0: The Advice Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Advice Podcast, where we cover off all the things you need to know to get financially ahead in New Zealand. Today's topic is one that I'm pretty sure is going to resonate with many of you. Today I'm talking to financial planner, And also, my husband Tim Fairbrother about spending and saving in a relationship because it's fair to say that most people probably look at us and our jobs of financial advice and helping other people get financially organized and they go, Wow, they must have it together all the time in their own personal lives. And the reality is that sometimes we don't, and that's okay and that's normal. But I have Asked Tim to come in today and be honest and open for your benefit to get some tips and tricks about how we manage with, I like to say that I'm in procurement and Tim's in finance, I got that off a friend the other day, and how we make it work. So welcome Tim and thank you for coming in. Nice to have me. So should we start off by going into, there are lots of different money personalities. What are some of the ones that you come across?
1: Obviously, you've got probably got the two ends of the spectrum. You've got, (laughs) at one end of the spectrum, you've got, uh, that I see with lots of my clients, the person that wants to live for today. Uh, They don't want to have any money left over because they want to spend as much as they have because that's just what makes them feel good. They feel good about spending their money and that's fine for uh, for, for some people, isn't it? Because that's going to make their mental health good and they're going to keep on having lots and lots of things and accumulating lots of things makes them feel better. On the other end of the spectrum, then you have the person that doesn't want to spend a cent and they want to retain as much as they can. They want to keep their costs down as much as they can. They probably love buying stuff secondhand. They love uh, hoarding things and filling up their garages with bits and pieces. And those people are going to die being the richest in the cemetery in terms of what they have. And then there's obviously then there's that spectrum of people right along the whole thing from one end to the other, uh, which fit into that. And um, we see all the time different extremes of that in different ways. What is the right answer in terms of what do you want to be? Well, I think that it really is smack bang in the middle of that. You need to be able to be a spender on things which are important to you and to your family so that you end up with things that are going to make your mental health and your situation good in terms of uh, making everyone feel like that they have enough. But then at the same time, it's really important to be putting away for the future because the answer that I get from many people is, um, you know, like, well, I could die tomorrow, could get hit by a bus, could get sick, something could change straight away. But the the real thing is, is then, yes, that is a possibility. But in terms of um, you know, the possibility of life, average life expectancy in New Zealand is 86, 87. So what happens when you have 20 summers between 65 and 85 where you don't have any money and all you then do is live on the government pension for $350 a week. Yeah. So there is a really big, um, there is a really big time where you're going to need money. Uh, So I think it's about, yeah, making sure that you are living for today, but then at the same time that you are squirreling away. One of the really uh, amazing things that we have in New Zealand now is KiwiSaver. For those uh, people that like spending, they're essentially forced to save right through their whole working life. And, That came in at the end of 2007 in September. So we've had that now for the best part of 15 years. And we see some balances now in KiwiSaver, which are significantly large and will be enough for people to retire on. And that is really the government plan. Uh, Australia started theirs in about 1992. And theirs is worth like 30 or 40 times more than ours. And they save an awful lot more into theirs too. So I think that's one one of the really big tools which people don't have a choice in essentially in the fact that they save into KiwiSaver and that's going to pay for a huge amount of their of their retirement planning.
0: Very good points that you make and we do see a lot of people that come in on different ends of the spectrum but it's fair to say that and you can disagree with me but we're but it's fair to say that we're on opposite ends of the spectrum right and up until you know our most common argument is about me spending is that fair to say?
1: Yeah that's um, not fair that's uh, completely accurate. but...
0: (laughs) But this is common in all relationships right there's going to be usually there's one that's really super good with money or one that takes charge and pays the bills and so they have a an overview of where you're at with everything and what can be done and then you have one potentially where I would fit who you know, is more on the procurement side for the family. What would be your best tip from our experience of how to meet in the middle, right? Because that's the thing. It's okay to be wherever you are. But if it's not working in your relationship, it's about trying to find some strategies that work in the middle. And I want to see what you have to say before I come in with what I think has worked really well for us.
1: With our small business owners, uh, maybe just to you know, to, to uh, helicopter up and have a bit more of a think about that, with our small business owners that we deal with, the most successful ones and the ones that grow, the ones that have the best lifestyles, have the lowest mortgages, have some rainy day funds, uh, they have some money, some discretionary spending left over, what usually happens is, is that one of the partners is really good at trade, you know uh, that might not just be being a plumber or whatever it might be that trade might be you know selling upholstery or whatever it might be that they they have an occupation which they're really good at but then the other party in that relationship is the person that's really good at admin and being organized and planning stuff is probably a trait that comes across and flows through into people's personal lives is that if both of you are really, really poor at managing money and you're really poor at planning and you just get your money into your account and you don't know where it goes and then you spend it, then that becomes a real um, disaster down the track because then someone goes and gets a credit card and they don't tell the other person or something gets put on finance and um, you see now interest rates going up. Finance interest rates now are around about 28% So um, and credit card rates as well. So once you go over those interest-free term periods, um, you know, that if you've got a ten thousand dollar loan, then you're paying three thousand dollars a year in interest. So that's just phenomenal. So people can spiral out of control really, really fast. So I think that that whole piece, whether you're in business or whether you're talking about your personal finances, the really important thing is around planning. And that planning might only be one meeting a year to be able to go through and organise what it is that you're doing in terms of where your money uh, comes into where your money goes out on the other side and how much you're allowing each other within that relationship to be able to discuss and talk about because it does become very frustrating for the person that can't spend when they're not allowed to but it also becomes very frustrating for the person that wants to be the squirrel and doesn't want to spend uh, on the other side of that and um, that's probably where we've had our biggest doozy arguments in the past is on things that I don't think are necessary but you uh, have loved and think that they are going to give you joy.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. And I think from the spender point of view and for those in the relationship that don't have the control of the household, you know the overview because there is one person who tends to pay the bills. So one Persons, person yeah. pe- doesn't know. The
1: person that is married to the control freak.
0: No, I'm not calling you a control freak. I'm, I'm saying no, but this is in most relationships. There's one that's good and one that's not right. I am a the control thing, freak. That's... Okay, well, then you said it. But the thing that I think that works well and what we did well was when there has been an issue, you try to talk about it, I run away, and then we talk, we do end up talking about it. But we always come back to what do we both want from a goal perspective? Like if you have a goal and I'm not bought into it, it uh, doesn't change my spending habits. Whereas if you talk about a goal and it's my goal or I talk about a goal and it's your goal and we work on something together, it's a lot easier for that to be a focus and to change our spending habits, right? Because we're both in, bought into what we want. Mm. So I think that's one thing that we do well and we're planners and we do get that feedback a lot. Like we, for us, holidays and spending time with our kids is really important. So we're already looking at are there any batches or deals in 2024 like we're all already thinking ahead because that's naturally what we do but that works for us right so i think that's the biggest thing that people don't do and the reason they fight about money is they don't have common goals
1: for me i'm i have very long-term goals so um my goals are, are very far far away in the future and um, you know, I'd be happy to be living in a tent and um, and and not not really too worried about material things. Mm. But then uh, you're very focused and love having short-term gratification in terms of.
0: Uh... Yeah, so 2024 is a a long-term goal for me.
1: Whereas, 2024, <laughs> I th- you were talking about Christmas or December or Je- Easter or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, that's like, I'm a year up, but you're, when you say you're a long-term vision, you're focused on retirement already. Is that fair to say? Yeah. You've I'm got a hundred fair. year plan.
1: Yeah, my hundred year plan. Yeah. You're I'm thinking about the children's retirement.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I'm thinking about Christmas lunch. Yeah, that's so true. So building,
1: so building the pyramids
0: building the pyramids but lots of people are like that we I think where we're probably fortunate is that neither of us has a expensive hobby because that's another thing <laughs> yeah. that, I, that I see can cause stress oh, massive, in a relationship massively. from a cash management point of view
1: yep and I'd say though that people is not it that you know, you might find your partner attractive or you might know that they you know, have certain habits that you don't like and traits that you don't like and you know them pretty well. But for most people, I think that they probably just don't actually get to know or understand their money personalities because mm. that's just been something which they've, you know they've been attracted to them. They like their witty sense of humour, or the way that their ears are a bit wonky, or whatever it might be. <laughs> Your
0: ears are fine.
1: Oh god, good. No, I wasn't talking about me. I'm not funny <laughs> at all. You fall in love with someone and you then start checking up with them, but you actually don't actually know at that stage what their money personality is like. Most people actually consciously never actually go and learn or think about what that is, and then I'm making up numbers, but. I think it's like 30% of people. That's one of the biggest arguments they have mm. is around um, financial decisions and financial wellness within their own household.
0: It's actually more, it's like 85%. Crazy.
1: Oh, my guess yeah. was like awful then, yeah. wasn't
0: it? Like it's a common thing. Like most people in couples, if they're going to fight, it's going to be about money.
1: Are you trying to justify our arguments now?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're doing this podcast to justify that I'm What right. have you done? No, I haven't done anything. <laughs> I haven't done anything, but yeah, it is, it is the most common. So it's how do people, if they are feeling like that, how do they come back on the same page? And the first step is, would you say, sitting down and going on what we would call a money date?
1: Yeah, money dates. So we, um, well, it's a money date, uh, which we do probably, I don't know, what, once a cause or maybe. Yeah. We generally are just spending some time together as well without anyone else or children or anything becomes sort of reasonably relaxing in itself to start with. So the money date I think is a really good place to start in terms of not just discussing what money's coming in, what money's going out but I think then uh, as I say falling back into that strategic sort of focus which sounds way too intense when you're talking about your money situation but your
0: relationship and
1: your relationship and 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 your love (laughs) Um, but strategically what is it that you're wanting to achieve together like um, and Mm -hmm. understanding the other person's uh, wants and needs and desires uh, around money and where they actually are going down the track and finding some common ground to discuss what's acceptable and what's not not acceptable in terms of building boundaries. And I think we've been together for 20 years and um, it probably took us 17 years before (laughs) we got to that point, didn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how that was getting to the point where there was compromise on both sides. Yeah, because I'd always
1: say no and then eventually then you'd just go and buy it anyway. And so we'd just get angry at each other because I'd said no and you'd do it anyway. yeah. Um, whereas now we sort of try and um,
0: work together, a wrangle a
1: little bit more, and then you just go and buy it anyway.
0: <laughs> Not all the time, but I think from someone who's in my shoes, whether they're the spender or the other in procurement, it's about stepping back, understanding it's compromise, and. Making sure that you've done some research to present to the other party, mm, yes, because you're you, gr- you like research. Got, yes,
1: you've got good research presentation these days.
0: Yeah, thanks. I've really upped my game. But then I think the other thing that's worked well for us, and this could be business owners or if you're having all your money going into one account, is it's been really important that I have a little bit of money in an account, which I feel that then I have control of. So oh, I get well, paid. This is
1: a doozy, this one. <laughs>
0: Well, it is doozy at the moment because we don't have any cards because we've been fraud. We've had some fraud going on, which is another podcast.
1: We didn't commit the fraud. We got hacked.
0: Yeah, we got hacked. But for me, from a spender's point of view, having an amount which I know is for our household goods, and you know, I know what it's for, but having some control of that has actually helped us to no end.
1: Can we go back just a little step? And can we just explain that just a touch? So in the fact that we used to have all of our money in uh, a joint account, which, you know, we we obviously have heaps and heaps of different savings accounts for different things and for the kids and all that. But our week to week spending came out of one account and it was always empty and it was always typing to top it up. And um, we had that account like that for 10 or 15 years. Uh, We decided at that stage, Tim decided (laughs) that it was a good idea that we would separate out, we'd have a a personal account each then we'd put some money into for our discretionary spending for our own individual wants needs and desires and then we'd set up this joint account which would or our joint account would remain where our existing um, spending would go to the majority of the money then would go out for groceries and uh, all that other stuff the kids school shoes and all that sort of thing that happens on an ongoing basis i can remember it was probably one of the largest tantrums that you ever had in the fact that you th- said that i was controlling you and um, if my mind uh, serves me correctly um, that you won't be a kept woman and that um, this was you were I was basically uh, saying that you were, I was going to be giving you an allowance and you were an allowance person and I, you were a, um, a joint owner in the business and you could do what you want to do and I think then slammed the door and walked out
0: <laughs> well since then so you've actually you're...
1: realized that this is actually a really really good plan
0: yeah it, well it really works because I have some control over what we do with that and so I can save within that a little bit if I want to build up for something Because well, so it works.
1: The way they used to have it, you had no control because I just did everything.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's coming to that point though of compromise, isn't it?
1: Well, realisation yeah. that um, what we had was not working. It was not broken, but it wasn't working neither. And then so changing the strategy and used to do our personal expenses once a month and used to graph that. Uh, particularly a few years ago when we were building a house and going through and there was lots of extra purchases for lots of different things and I'd be sitting at the table presenting the data that I'd gone through and done, which didn't take very long um, to be able to pull that together on my spreadsheet and uh, you'd be you'd be cooking the dinner and I'd be like, oh my God, look at this, this is amazing, we've saved like $1,000 this month on doing such and such and absolutely no interest whatsoever, didn't no. even glance at it, just kept on cutting no. carrots.
0: Yeah, (laughs) they were good carrots. But yeah, and that's the different personality, isn't it? Like you like analysis and graphs. I mean, to be fair, I'm talking about money in a relationship issue. I don't think there's always someone in one half of a relationship doing graphs yes, on their personal true. spending like that's that true. is it like and
1: that's that spectrum isn't it yeah of course yeah and then the, and things have evolved haven't they you know there's things now like pocket smith and lots of the banks now have their own spending apps and stuff like that where you can actually then you don't even have to do spreadsheets anymore you can just pull that data straight out and it does it for you and um and gives you those spending patterns and where you're spending and saving more than you need to be
0: yeah And look at us now, we're still together, still fine. (laughs) But I think if we round back on what we're talking about for people, it's if you do realise that you're not meeting on the same page, you need to sit down and talk about it and come up with a strategy and the first step is what are you talking about what you both want and both buying into it and then really honing into your cash management I would almost
1: go back a step further then though you know and broader than that to say well why isn't that everybody why try and start having those money dates when things are broken why not start to be able to say, "Radio, no, we've we've got married, we've had the honeymoon, and then on day six, then you're into your money date, you know, like...
0: Or go like, a step forward, like have mm, these conversations before you well, end yeah, up in a long-term I relationship. You can get, have them by yourself.
1: People get married, then they realise that they're not compatible or money might be one of those things they're not actually compatible at because they didn't share joint accounts and things before they were married. Yeah. And so yeah, so I think it should be that regardless of your situation, you're in a relationship, then you're starting to share money and share costs. I mean, that might be that one person's not earning so much, one person's earning a whole lot. And then when you're going out for dinner or whatever it might be, you're going away for the weekend, one person's paying for everything and you're, you know, you're starting to get serious, but you're not that serious. The person that's spending all the money perhaps thinks this is fine because, you know, I, I like doing this because I'm spending on the person that I like and I'm, you know, forming a relationship with. Or well, the other person who is not earning so much, all their feeling is worthless at the time because of the fact that they're not contributing to what it is that they're doing but they probably haven't had that discussion. The person that's spending the money thinks they're doing a good thing, but the person that's um, that's not earning thinks that they're actually, you know, being a bludger. And um, they might, who knows, they might be a saver or whatever it might be too. So they might be thinking, well, why are we going off and doing these, um, these fancy holidays and trips and stuff, I'm enjoying it, but I'd be happier just to be going somewhere near the sea in a little batch or in a campground and, um, and, and relaxing and not feeling like I'm um, bludging or being a gold digger or whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's talking about money, uh, which we're notoriously bad for in New Zealand.
1: Yeah, and, and having a go at, at doing that, I think um there's lots of money Personality profiles that you can do online too, which I think uh, can be a bit bit of fun to be able to go through and see what that looks like, and then sitting down and talking about it. And then I think it becomes once you've got that plan, because it might be for yourself. You love to know like that we are planning now for holidays for the end of next year or whatever it might be, and thinking about that. That's your long-term stuff. Whereas for me, my long-term is you know like what's going to be happening in 10 years or 15 years. So understanding what your significant other is thinking about, but then once you've got your plan and you've got your goals, which, um, you know, some of us are very good at setting the goals, but then others are not so good at then delivering on what those goals are going to be and how you're going to get there. So then it becomes, I think, around getting the right structure, which suits. Mm. And for me, it's having those different bank accounts and putting them into different things and into different places and getting those uh, structures in place so that you are actually finding that it's working for you in terms of getting ahead. Yeah,
0: Brilliant. I'm sure there are some gold nuggets in there for lots of people and maybe a few um, insights into how it happens in the Fairbrother household. But I think we were opposites and opposites can attract and that's okay. You just need to work at it and yeah. we'll just keep working at it
1: and you can see that too can't you like we have three children and they are very very different in terms of their bunny personalities and you can see that already and and maybe that's part of that too in terms of your assessment of yourself where some of them love to clean the car and then get ten dollars or whatever it might be others are happy to not do anything and then just suddenly go hey I've got some money and um I'll spend that all at once and um some of them are constantly earning but then constantly spending it too so you know you're looking at your children once you've got your own situation sorted out and that's a whole nother podcast in itself that's a really that's a whole nother podcast
0: we'll do that next
1: time how can you then try and help them and changing what they're at and their different personalities along the way too and maybe getting them to do the kids money personality or something as well i think that'll give you some real insights when you if you're thinking about them then that'll give you some real insights in terms of like they got those traits from somewhere, nurture and nature, maybe some of those things are falling back on you too, because often it's very hard to judge yourself. It's probably pretty easy to judge your significant other, but sometimes it's hard to judge yourself. So maybe there's a tip there in the fact that you could be thinking about and looking at your kids, it's easier to judge them and think that that might be somewhere where you can sit. Yeah,
0: awesome. Hey, thanks for coming in and being so open. Appreciate it and I appreciate you. Remember to subscribe to The Advice Podcast on your preferred podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram at The Advice Podcast and feel free to get in touch about any financial topic you want to see tackled. The information shared on The Advice Podcast is of a general nature and is not intended as personal advice. This podcast exists for educational purposes and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision.
1: Carissa Fairbrother is a financial advisor engaged by Rival Wealth to provide financial advice. Rival Wealth is a financial advice provider licensed by the Financial Markets Authority. A disclosure document is located at rivalwealth.co.nz or a written
0: copy is available on request.